More jobs in America? It's one of several big surprises in the monthly jobs report released by the Labor Department this morning. Employers added 528,000 jobs in July, and the unemployment rate ticked down from 3.6 to 3.5 percent. The U.S. economy has now gained back all the jobs it lost during the pandemic. That's a good thing. But today's report could worry the Federal Reserve. It's been making moves to cool things down to tame inflation and prevent a recession. Joining us now to explain where the economy could go next is Diane Swank, chief economist at the accounting firm KPMG here in Chicago. Good morning, Diane. Good morning. So, Diane, were you as surprised as some other economists by this morning's report? Absolutely. It was stunningly strong. Over a half million jobs generated, almost 60% of them in three sectors, leisure and hospitality, healthcare and education, and professional services, one of which I'm in. Um, That's important, and that's great news to see continued job gains. But this is a point in the economic cycle where good news it has an undercurrent to it, and that is that it ups the ante on the Fed to hit the brakes even harder. We also saw in today's job number the unemployment rate dipped down to 3.5%, its lowest level since February 2020, meeting the low of February 2020, although with fewer people participating in the labor force than they did back then. We know that both Early retirements have accelerated, and we've also lost people to just normal retirements. But there's a large number of prime age workers who are not participating right now, and one of the reasons is long COVID Mm -hmm. as well. And so we're constraining the supply of workers at a time when we need more of them, and that's adding to inflationary pressure in an unproductive way. We've got over 60% of Americans who feel we're in a recession, even though we've got half a million Mm -hmm. jobs plus generated in a month. That's stunning, and 3.5% unemployment rate. Well, there's a reason for that. For all of the tightness in the labor market that we have, it's not enough to keep up with inflation. The wages we've seen, the wage gains that leveled up as the economy reopened have Mm -hmm. been wiped out and then some to inflation. And we're even seeing defaults among low-income households start to pick up before unemployment picks up. And it underscores, you know, how difficult the inflation environment we're in is today. Yeah. You know, I want to I want to take us back just a little bit here. Um, You know, it, it sounds great to say that that we've added more than half a million jobs and that unemployment is on the decline and it's now at a 50 year low. You know, if you can put a little more context into helping us understand um, the state of the economy right now, that um, it's, it's not all sunshine with those numbers. Yeah, unfortunately, you know, we also had 1.5 million workers who were out sick in the month of July, the highest level since February in the Omicron wave. That um, adds to staffing shortages, along with the shortages that we're seeing to long COVID. And we did, the good news is more people got to take vacations, a lot more than the month of June. We saw 6.2 million up from 4.8 million out due to vacations. But all of those things together, it's still nowhere near the peaks of 2019. And all those things together are creating this situation that is eroding living standards instead of enhancing living standards even though we've still got wage gains out there. And that's what's so important is that at the end of the day, even if you've got a job, but you can't keep up with the bills you've got with the wage gains you've seen, you feel like you're losing ground. And you are. 
in fact, losing ground. So this is why the Fed has taken it on so strongly to say, listen, we need to keep going on rate hikes, and we may need to see a rise in the unemployment rate. This is really hard. We're between a rock and a hard place. Mm-hmm. I look at inflation as something, it's like a chronic disease. It's like cancer. If you don't treat it, it can metastasize and become something that's much worse down the road and longer term. That said, the treatment for it is the inflation that we have is raising unemployment. And that is not going to be easy either. You know, these numbers, these numbers that we're seeing, they don't quite match up with all the talk about a looming recession we've heard about. Um, How does it compare to the last few months and um, even before the pandemic upended the economy? How does all of this compare? What's really interesting is they've already had two negative quarters of growth that don't qualify as a recession by economic standards. In fact, because consumers continued to spend, although just barely, but employment continued to power through and production continued to rise. The only other time we'd ever seen that was um, in the middle of 1947, coming out of World War II, when we were pivoting away from defense spending, draining inventories related to that, but the consumers powered through and employment was continued to pick up along with production. So those are the things that make it an official recession. That said, it is important to look at the difference between the household survey, which actually calls up households and say, hey, how are you doing? What's going on with your employment Mm -hmm. situation versus this establishment survey, which makes assumptions about new business formation and assumptions about new business hires, where the biggest stress of higher rates and the margin squeeze we're seeing from um, staffing shortages from the higher wages are the most acute. That's where the data could actually be revised down eventually. The household survey shows less than 200,000 jobs were created in the month after a big decline last Mm -hmm. month. And the household survey suggests that maybe that where even though unemployment is at 3.5%, that's also in the household survey, that the job generation we're seeing may be overstated a bit and later revised down. And that's something important because it's a big shift in momentum between the first and second quarter of the year on what households say is going on. So there still is some cracks in the foundation of what we're seeing from what people on the ground are saying what's really happening in their lives. And as we've mentioned, this is worrying for the Federal Reserve. Where do you think the Fed's minds are this morning? Uh, Because they've been pursuing an aggressive policy of interest rate hikes already. This is, um, you know, full power ahead with rate hikes for the Fed. We still have a lot of data between now and the meeting in September, and it's a little bit longer time, and we get yet another employment report for the month of August. But right now, those on the Fed that were hoping they could maybe ratchet down the pace of rate hikes from three-quarters of a percent to maybe a half percent are now back in the camp of saying we're going to need another three-quarter of a percent rate hike in September at least, because the Fed has decided they not only need to raise rates, they need to make monetary policy tight, credit conditions actually tight, harder to get. That is a painful process, but we're only beginning to move into that phase of the business cycle. We're speaking with Diane Swank, chief economist for accounting firm KPMG, and we're talking about the latest jobs report, which shows more jobs and lower unemployment and how that squares with high inflation and fears of a recession. 
So we are not in a recession at the moment, but inflation is still incredibly high. Diane, what are your thoughts? Are are we out of the woods just yet? What more needs to happen? Well, unfortunately, we're not. Good news is we're not in a recession yet. The bad news is, unfortunately, the Fed has come to the conclusion that they need to see a rise in the unemployment rate and much weaker demand in the economy to meet a supply-constrained world. Those two things are going to be a painful process. And, you know, the way in which monetary policy works is the rate hikes we just saw by the Fed have yet to fully affect the economy. So, you know, what we just saw in July did not affect the July employment report. But by the end of the year, we could be seeing a very different situation. And the goal is to cool inflation. The process of doing that is it's never... It's never great when, you know, you run out of hot water in your shower and you got to take a cold shower. That's the equivalent of where the Fed is going. And the the Business Cycle Dating Committee uh, group of economists, they're the ones who decide when we are in a recession. What are factors they are looking for to, to decide that we might be in a recession? Well, one of the largest ones will be whether or not these establishment employment numbers actually go negative. And so, you know, that movement in employment is going to be a key factor on whether or not we determine we're in an official, traditional recession. That doesn't mean we don't feel like we're losing ground. But you actually need to see those numbers go negative. You need to see production hit, and you need to see the consumer hit. Now, remember, consumer spending rose after adjusting for inflation, only at a 1% annualized rate in the first in the second quarter of this year. That was a slowdown from the first quarter, and that's close to a stall speed. We had a contraction in business investment already. So even though these numbers are good, and that's terrific for people trying to get a job, they are problematic in that they add to the inflationary situation when the overall U.S. economy is already feeling the burn of inflation. Well, that sounds counterintuitive that a low unemployment rate is a bad thing. It's not that it's a bad thing in and of itself, and that's the hardest part. We, you know, we love low unemployment rates, and we love the opportunities that tight labor markets give us. Over the longer term, if it triggers a more sustained and chronic inflation, which is close to where we're at, that's a repeat of the 1970s. That's worse for households over the longer term. That's an easy thing to say. It's a harder thing to live because those people who are hit hardest by the cure and dealing with the cancer that inflation is are those who actually lose their jobs. Well, the Federal Reserve has hiked interest rates several times in recent months to bring inflation under control. How do you think this will play out in the coming months? We are going to see inflation numbers that are still going to be hotter than many people like. We have seen prices at the pump come off the highs that we saw right after the invasion um, by Russia into Ukraine. That's important on a month-to-month basis. That slows down inflation. But we're still talking about prices at the pump that are over a buck forty more than they were a year ago. That's still a lot of inflation. And more importantly, what the Fed is watching is what's also happening to underlying inflation. That's things like shelter costs. We know rents are skyrocketing. We've got the lagged effects of all the increases in home values we saw of pushing up home ownership costs. And medical costs are starting to accelerate. Those are very important things that the Fed needs to watch, even if 
we lose a little bit off the top of the steam in terms of energy prices on a month-to-month basis. Yeah, I mean, seeing gas prices at 460 and thinking, oh, that's low. Uh, <laughs> it's amazing how it changes your um, your your perspective. Having been in one place, momentum matters, but the bottom line is they're not low. Yeah. Well, something else we learned in today's jobs report: wages are growing rapidly. Uh, the report out today shows a wage increase of more than five percent, which is higher than economists predicted. Why is this unusual? You know, what's happening is it's good news that wages are growing. The problem is, of course, they're not growing nearly as much as inflation, which was 9.1% in the most recent read on June and likely to be close to that in the month of July. So it's still a loss. But these, what's interesting about what's going on is that we also saw upward revisions to the previous months. And that's more consistent with what we saw in a better measure of wages than average hourly earnings, which can be affected by how many high-wage jobs are in any given month of wages. What's important about the Employment Cost Index is that it adjusts for that, and it showed in the second quarter, through June at least, that wages really had held up much better than people had expected. So this is an affirmation of that, but they weren't enough to offset the rise in inflation, that we lost all the ground we had gained by the leveling up of wages and then some on average, even with the increases in wages that we're seeing. Yeah. Well, Diane, what will you be watching for in the coming months? The biggest thing to watch for is do we see some cooling in the churn in labor markets? Can we get down the number of people who are out sick due to COVID, which are more than 60% above in the month of July, any month pre-pandemic? That's adding to staffing shortages. Also, can we better deal with long COVID and bring more people back into the labor force that are struggling with the legacy effects of this disease? That is something that we need to watch for. Can we bring more people back in due to that, particularly prime-age workers that tended to affect people in their 30s and 40s more than other workers? And that's important because that hits right at the prime of the labor force. So those are the things we're looking for. You know, it was good to see more people on vacation than we have because we really need that. We're in a mental health crisis as well as a pandemic still. And I think firms um, would be certainly need to deal with the burnout that's going on in the labor market. These tight labor market conditions are also a sign of how hard people are working and the burnout that they're experiencing in, in addition to all of the stress of the pandemic itself. That's Diane Swank, chief economist at KPMG. Diane, thanks for checking in. Thank you. Thanks for listening. I'm Sasha Ann Simons. We've got more for you on the podcast, WBEZ's Reset, wherever you listen.